First World Problems is now part of the Punk News Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like the Punk News Podcast and Wizard's Beard. Visit punknews.org for those shows and many more, as well as all the latest news, new releases, and reviews of all your favorite bands. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to a very special First World Problems, episode number 20. This is very cute. Everyone I felt like stop listening. I felt like I felt like that was like a fireside chat, like you were President Roosevelt, yes, addressing the nation. We've gone to war. Well, That's you, all I got. You can introduce yourself. I'm your host, Scott Michael Arnold. <laughs> wow, full name now, Joey and Ray. Before he wouldn't even say his last name. Joey and Ray have since been terminated from the podcast. Then who are? How are these other voices appearing? These are, these are my guests. <laughs> This is a solo show from here on out. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm I'm Ray Harkins, and yeah. Scott did a perfect job on handing off the mic. I'm Joey. <laughs> and Scott, why is this a very special episode? Please, please enlighten the masses. Um, it's number twenty, correct? Which is a number that is divisible by both five and four, and ten ra- and two. It's round in nature. One and, and one. twenty. There you go. <laughs> It's, and two and ten. Um, it's not as significant as episode ten or episode hundred or episode fifty. We'll get there, but though. it's a milestone for us, and we wanted to celebrate with a an opportunity for you, the listener, to get to know us a little more. Because we've never, you know, you've people that have been with us since episode one, which eh, there's maybe like fifteen of you, yeah, maybe twenty. But hey, uh, Eugene. <laughs> that's that's one. He's listened to each one twice. <laughs> when we were on our break, yes, uh, everyone collectively went in the archives and said they missed us, or just stopped listening in general. Uh, could be the case, and they've never come back. Where's that phone? Um, so yeah, we are going to uh, get you, like Scott said, the listener can get to know us a little bit better. We're actually going to interview each other, uh, even though all of us. Collectively, I was trying to think, Joey, I've known you for 11 years. I was about to say, it's over 10 years. Started Bionic in 2000. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, you know, I don't think we really. Probably 2001, right? Is when. Well, you moved into the house in 2001 in Long Beach. Right. So that's, yeah. Sometime in 2001. I signify that. And Scott, how long have we known each other? It was was like 2003, I want to say. 2004, 2005. Oh, okay. It was after high school. Okay, so even though all of us have known, and then Scott and Joey have known each other shortly after that, like 2000. We had a two to three year hiatus. Yes, that's right. Yeah, there's. I don't know why. I know why did you? You guys just didn't talk. Scott got my last nerve, so I just had to. Did he really? No. Okay. Just lost touch. It happens. Happens to the best of us. But we're back. I know. Cue uh, "Good Riddance" by Green Day. Scott, we did have the times of our lives. Yeah, we did. At, at Abacus. We'll get to that later. Oh, yes. Great great segue. Great foreshadowing. So, but first, we have some quick hits for you. We do. No, we don't. Hold on. I know. We, we Well, we will. Scott, hit us up. I have a HBO sports documentary. You love HBO sports documentaries. I don't know if this was already a quick hit, but okay. it was McEnroe bjorg the tennis documentary okay and i watched this probably a month ago so it was a perfect lead into um the u.s open which joey knows is what i primarily primarily watched 
last he's, couple weeks. Scott, who never watches TV here, called me. Can you record the U.S. Open? <sighs> you also streamed a lot of uh, the event from your uh, computer as well, right? I did, yeah. So what the documentary... What's compelling about the documentary? Yeah. So John McEnroe, are you familiar? He He's a little guy. He's fiery. He's from New York. Got an attitude. He oh, would, he's the guy from uh, Mr. Deeds. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that he was... <laughs> he came up, I think when he was like 18 or 19, the king of tennis was this Swedish guy? Swed- I think Swedish. Named Bjorn Borg. Right. And he he was like a Gap model esque physique. He had long blonde hair, always nice to everybody, et cetera, et cetera. Um, McEnroe came up and started beating him, and they had these great matches, blah 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 blah. And it's just the dichotomy of these two personalities was great, blah blah blah. Because McEnroe was an ugly white guy. Hey, hey. Well. We don't, he w- we don't judge on this podcast. That's true. He was he wasn't uh, model esque, <laughs> right? And he he was disruptive in the tennis world because he yelled at refs and oh, he yelled at refs. It was always it was one is, of is he the new Serena Williams? I don't know the time frame of tennis. Uh, no, this is in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. But he was around in the seventies. I thought it was the eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Well, I'm gonna Google this right now. So. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, watch it. It's awesome. It's really good. Anyway. Good quick hit. Most, a, most HBO documentaries on the sports front tend to be pretty awesome. Agreed. I haven't seen I don't think I've seen a bad HBO documentary. I can't I can't reflect on one. I didn't like the Spike Lee. Like is Spike Lee Spike yeah, Spike Lee. I get Spike Lee and Spike Jones mixed up. He would say that you were racist. Wait, <laughs> Spike, like Spike. No, there was a he, documentary he did through HBO when the levee break or broke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a break. Not a fan. Why would you live so close to the water? <laughs> you live below the water in a hurricane zone. Hopefully our listeners. In Hate Louisiana mail can go directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tweet at Scott Arnold, any of our Louisiana listeners. Mike Wicket is a music video. Uh, by the band Trash Talk oh, yeah. for the song Awake. Uh, it's on their new 7-inch coming out on True Panther. Uh, but it's just pretty much just a kid skateboarding through L.A., destroying things. Causing ruckus. Yeah, jumping on cars. Jumping in pools. Throwing, yeah, throwing Molotov cocktails. Um, it's really cool. I enjoyed it. Did you see their updated website yesterday? Or they released it earlier this week? I mean, they just it's basically they just converted to like Tumblr. There's I can't recall a band that's given less fucks than Trash Talk in forever. Yeah. Like they, you know, blatantly posting pictures of themselves, like, you know, just smoking weed, like huge bong. <laughs> and it's just like I mean, granted, I understand like, you know, it's not like they can get in trouble for that, but I just see that and it's like, holy shit, like you could you don't care at all in any way, shape or form as far as the way that people perceive you. It's just like, no. And that's obviously part of the charm of why people like trash talk, but they don't need a quote unquote personal brand, right? I like they that, are their personal I brand. I like that they uh, went to Tumblr. I remember when somebody here in uh, this room was going to change my website to be more like Tumblr or be just go through Tumblr, but oh, yeah. that's yet to happen. Well, it's, so why, when are you going to get to that, Ray? I know. I'm sorry. I'll pro- I'll, I, can, I can port it. Okay. I can you. port it where it will point. Thank to, you, Ray. You're welcome. 
If you want, if you want to dish this out, we can dish this out. I didn't. I wasn't talking to you, Scott. I was talking to Ray. Okay. Obviously, I didn't. I was talking about Scott. I didn't. Uh, I pre-ordered the Trash Talk seven inch, and I didn't enjoy the fact that I spent nine dollars on the seven inch because it was six bucks plus like three bucks shipping. Three bucks shipping is about. I know, but still, so like, I think that, I bought two. So I think oh. it ended up being. I think I paid the same for shipping. It was like fifteen. <laughs> you felt like you got a deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I, I didn't find anything else. I was like, well, whatever. I just did this. Um, it's a cool label. They have good stuff. I know it's a subsidiary of Matador. Matador. Yeah, I just saw that in the PayPal. Yeah, like, I was <laughs> like, oh crap, Matador owns them. Yeah, I'm excited to see what. I mean, I don't know where this band is going to be able to go, like in the future, like or they're just content in being where they're yeah, at. Another, actually, I won't say because I don't know if they announced. Never mind. They're going on a cool tour. That's kind of weird. Oh, okay. Um, my morning jacket. Yeah, they're, oh, they're headlining for over my morning jacket. Well, yeah. But you, do you see them going in the route of you know obviously like fucked up and ceremony and like just yeah. trying to make that transition? Yeah. But I, I think yeah. But I think they'll still do the core tours. Yeah. 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 That's where the money is, right? Oh yeah, so much money in hardcore. Well, you can you can only sell so many T-shirts to hipsters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to look at you, Scott. <laughs> He's the hipster of the bunch. <laughs> Joey lives off these t-shirts. That's true. <clears throat> um, my quick hit is two things, they're, and they're totally, completely unrelated to one another. One is an app, which I know Scott's excited about because he's usually the one that recommends technology pieces. Uh, and I think all three of us have it on our phone. Waiting to download. Go. Called Genius Scan. Yes. 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 I know all of us have it. It's uh, for anyone that deals with any paperwork professionally, personally, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's awesome. You just take a picture of it. It basically acts as a portable scanner. And, you know, I know most people don't have a scanner in their house or don't want to spend, you know, 100 bucks on a scanner. So it's a very easy way to get paperwork around. I know I used it recently a lot because I was refin- refinancing my house and doing a lot of stupid adult shit and sending stupid stuff over to them. And it made my life a lot easier rather than like running at Kinko's and stuff. So genius scan. I wish that they gave us free cotton. Well, it's only two bucks maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's worth every penny. We're having another quick hit. We're having a war. My two dogs are uh, playing under the table and it's getting rather rambunctious. Yes. So if there's any background dog noise, you'll have to deal with it because that's what our podcast is all about. Random dog noise in the background. Yes. And then the other quick hit is a uh, is a blog I've been following for a long time uh, called Quarry Girl. It's like Q-U-A. Quarry Girl? Quarry Kinky. Girl. I know. Uh, basically, it's a... <laughs> she, she's in mines. Naked. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's just basically spelunking pornography. Yeah. Oh. Spelunking, you know, cave diving. I've never heard that. You never heard never spelunking? Heard spelunking? No, please. What you, Fill me in. You can't even say what are you. You, you really have it? You no. never. Oh, spelunking. Yeah, that's what. You know, when people put the hard hat on, it has a light on it. Yeah. They take, you know, they take a rope down to. Did you ever see the movie The Descent? No. <sighs> what else can I reference? There used to be. <laughs> What's that? Walter Herzog? What's that the guy that makes those documentaries that Scott Warner Pamela, Herzog. Yes. He made one about. Like the, the spelunking. Part? No, it was like the largest cave. Okay, oh. I get it. So is the, the idea you go down in a cave and you get yeah. it on? Yeah, that's basically you know going into the Earth's core. That's spelunking. 
and exploring while you're down there. So, um, anyways, but all those things that I reference, it's not spelunking pornography. It's actually a vegan blog that <laughs> this uh, this girl boring. I know. I'm not spelunking. Sorry. Basically, she goes around uh, all of Los Angeles and just like reviews I places. Like and um, just kind of tells you what to get at these places, and it's just a very helpful tool for anybody that's interested in like you know vegan this, veg stuff. Is this the one where no one knows who it is? Yep. Okay. She she keeps her identity secret. She's like Superman, or basically a super girl, I guess. Yes, it is. She does. It's obviously a quarry girl, so she does. That could be throwing everyone off. That's true. Um, it could be you, Ray. It could be me. This could be a self recommendation. <laughs> um, Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm I am good at self promotion. Um, but I do have my hype man here, so he usually takes what care up? of that for me. I think it was sort of a band called Thrice. Ray at one point sang on stage with Thrice when he was in the band Taken. What band? He, what band? What? What was Ray? Uh, Taken. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, at the show at the Hollywood Palladium on Halloween, Ray fell off the stage, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, it was only in front of like 3,000 people. Like, no one saw it, so, except was, for everyone saw it. And I was hoping that no one did see it. Everyone did. Yeah. It was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was very funny walking back to Joey and seeing his face of he, – it was concern mixed with humor. No, there was no concern. There was no concern. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was trying to make you sympathetic when in I, some way, shape, or form. Uh, no, no. When I saw you walking, I knew you were okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, yeah, good blog. Recommends great food. What are you chewing on? Sorry. It's okay. Ray, since this is an yes. open podcast, this is. Where did you eat yesterday? Uh, I ate at a place called Tony's Darts. It's a uh, pub in the Burbank area. I just got something so. to go because I was well. Yeah, if you like beer, then you go there. But they have a very extensive vegan menu, and I had a easily the best vegan chili, chili the best vegan cheese steak I've ever had. Even better than like Govinda's Capriati's. In, yeah, it's it was honestly right. incredible. They use this stuff called field roast, which I've never had before. But where is it? It's up in Burbank, um, like well, not too far from like where all like you know the Warner offices are and stuff like that. So I highly recommend that place as well. But yeah, that blog and that the only reason I knew about it was because of that blog, and then you know other people have spoken about it. But that was kind of the usually I hear about it first from the blog that blog, and then kind of you know ask around if other people have had it and kind of goes from there so anyone that's interested in good cuisine check that out cool yeah thanks ray of course my pleasure thanks <laughs> now, now this is the awkward part of the podcast because we've never done this before yeah ray, ray tell me about yourself tell but, me about your childhood <laughs> how, you, how old are you right now do you does this say you want to start things november 1st 1980 november 1st is wrong october 1st is correct ah, someone's got a birthday coming <laughs> i know i do ray yes what do you want for your birthday uh, we're getting deep here, folks. We're we're going. You guys are going to be invited. We'll probably do laser tag. That's what I feel like doing this year. So I don't think laser tag matches up to the bounce place. Laser tag's pretty awesome. Have you played it recently? You Scott, being as massive as he is, he's going to be an easy target. But I don't put him in the dark. He, well, how would you play laser tag in the light? I don't know exactly. So. Uh, but I appreciate you getting at least the Where day right. Where is there still laser tag? There's some in Mission Viejo that are like Right, gigantic. I live in Los I understand, Angeles. I understand. Yeah, just I, Skype us in. <laughs> you got, I'll just set up phones in the corner. Mm-hmm. 
And then you guys, you guys can wear the vests. Yeah. People can shoot you from that. Oh, you have your own custom made vest. I think they have one in Fullerton too. But well, if you that's worse. That's worse. Well, I'm sorry. Why is that worse? Closer. Yeah, but have you ever driven there? Yeah, Fullerton's ninety one. Yeah. Oh, that that freeway is always great. You have to take the one hundred and five, which will suck. The ninety one sucks. The six hundred five will be okay. The five will be terrible. Well, that's 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 most of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's freeways in general. The four hundred and five. Yeah, I can. I think, tell, I, can a, I think it gets a bad rap. I, oh, I can tell you from this morning, it was really fun. <laughs> you were going the wrong way. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's fine going the other way. It was your idea to start this at nine a.m., Ray. I know it's true. I was sleeping. You gotta start things off right. Um, you also have a child. I understand. What? He's being he's be, he's being well taken care of. No, I'm trying to. Oh, that. The oh, that was that was my segue. Damn it! That was a great failed. I think Scott could probably be one of the best interviewers he's of like all time. Concrete. No. Did he do interview? <laughs> Did you say that again? Walter Cronkite? Okay, there you go. You just—it sounded Cronkite. weird. Yeah, it sounded weird. Yeah, Scott is this generation's Walter Cronkite, or Barbara Walters, or Tom Brokaw, or Brian Williams. Tom, not, Tom Brokaw. He's not as cool as Brian Williams. Brian, oh. One of those guys didn't go to high school. Which uh, one? Was it? I don't know. Brian Williams is amazing, though. If there were people, I always try to put people in a room that I want to hang out with, and Brian Williams is on the list. Ira Glass is on the list. Louis C.K. is on the list. And there was someone else, but I can't remember who. I think it was a female that I just wanted to hang out with. I like Brian Williams. He's hilarious. You know, he's NBC has repeatedly asked him or offered him positions in, like, the comedy world. You know, like, oh, to really? be, I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, like, certain, whatever, if, you know, there's an absence in a sitcom or something like that, where it's like, you know, they offered him, like, a character. He's, he's a newsman. Exactly. And that's why he's never... He's only done... Did he do Saturday Night Live before? I don't know if he hosted. I think he's maybe been on. He's on 30 Rock all the time, too. But. I don't like when they... It seems like they rotate all the news people in through, like, Dateline and, yeah. like, 2020. That's, and, that's, the, that's like, the, the junior league. Yeah. Yeah. It bums me out. Why? It takes away their, like, legitimacy. Oh, yeah. Well, they got to get their chops somewhere. I know. Well, maybe you need to get your chops. This is a perfect practice for Scott. Hello. <laughs> I would not use that voice. <laughs> Breaking news out of Huntington Beach. Tsunami. I don't, I, don't, I don't see this being your career. Okay. Scott, do you want me to turn the tables on you? No. We have, we have probably, like, 18 more minutes to go. What do you mean? How much time do we have? We're at 20 minutes now. All right. We have a long time to go. Yeah, we're fine. Ray. We're totally fine. I haven't poked and prodded. Okay, out. poke and prod however you'd Joey, like. Joey, please help. Ray, tell me what it's like becoming a father. He's crying already, Scott. I know. God damn it. I, and I apologize. I didn't do this at the top of the episode. I've got my allergies and they are bothering me. So if I sound much more we, strange than usual. We will be sure to clarify if there are tears running down your face. Yes. No, I know. I, I, Which I, is my goal in the next 10 minutes. They are like Barbara Walters. That's, and that's fine. If you make me cry, I'll be pretty impressed. Because I don't think I would cry in a non-emotional state. Because you hate your child? <laughs> I wish you didn't bring that up. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's an unreal experience. It obviously changes you in ways that you don't expect to be changed. And I mean, like, what I, ways are those? Well, I feel that I, don't, I haven't changed like, as a person. Like, my outlook on life hasn't changed because obviously <laughs> I'm a very positive person to begin with. Um, so I don't think, like, you know, I know a lot of people or I've other perspectives where it's like, 
they never really felt the capacity to like love or you know feel loved in return. I've never, uh, I've never had that. I've never was concerned about that. So um, that really hasn't changed my perspective. Um, but just the idea of watching this little guy grow up and like experience the world and how we all were like that at some point. That's like the most mind blowing thing to me. Where it's all like, of us. I know where he's just like, he's, he's learning the world and I will obviously be helping him through that. Like that to me. And I don't feel like this overwhelming weight on me. It's just like exciting. It's like every step of the way that he, you know, learns something. It's like, Oh, I helped him do that or whatever. Follow up question regarding your yes, child. Please. What will you do if when he grows up, he is an asshole? I love the hypotheticals. I, I mean, you can't. What, what, I disagree. Let me, let, yeah. let me change my question. Okay. Will you beat your child? Will you... Will you uh, like will you, beat like what severity? Uh, Any like severity. Spa- well, okay. Will you, will Physical. Spank? Spank, spanking, I don't have a problem with. Will you slap him in the face? No. But no. I, well, were you guys spanked? Yeah, I was born in the '80s. Right, I was too. I have a vivid memory of being hit with a belt too. I was never, I was never, never belted. My parents, they don't, they say that didn't happen, but really, <clears throat> were you were you beat by an uncle <laughs> at the Orange County Fair? Yeah. Really? No. We'll, oh. Scott, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Interesting, but yeah, I, and I also like the biggest thing that I always think of is like, you know, what will the kid turn out to be? But then. I've just resigned to the fact that it's like, okay, like clearly it's out of my control. All I can do is point him in. Why the is room. it out of your control? Cause he, I mean, he's going to be, who's going to be regardless. I'm going to point him in certain directions and like nature or nurture Ray. You well, decide. Well, I mean, I'm obviously I'm going to try. I'm not just going to be like, all right, figure it out, dude. Like, like I said, I'll point him in the right direction. The direction. Sounds like, at what age will you give him destroy the machines? Uh, he's well, he's already listened to a lot of uh, metalcore. He likes to play drums. Uh, via just like you know, sitting in front of the computer, and I play drums with him. Double he's, bass. Yeah, he's done that. Okay. He, he really likes Unearth. He seems to really uh, enjoy cool. that. So, uh, so yeah, and I think he, yeah, he has listened to Firestorm. So, but I know that's not destroy the machines. So but Firestorm, that's a good place. To so, yeah. If there were four pillars of, oh, I'm already scared of this question. I have to phrase it properly. I can't. Four okay. cornerstones. Yeah. Of, if there are four cornerstones of like values that you want to instill on this child okay what are they um well we are nothing broad they need to be specific no no i know um i mean respect for i guess life in general you know as far as you know humans animals that type of stuff because we are raising a vegetarian but when he comes of an age where he can sort of request his own food we will obviously like if he's like i want mcdonald's it's like okay like you can have that i mean no you know, where it comes from, et cetera, et cetera. Show videos of puppies being mutilated. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll show him the most brutal stuff, like, yeah. when he's six or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably one. Um, and then, obviously, respect for all other humans and understand that, you know, putting yourself in front of other people isn't always the best solution. Okay, that's pillar one. And that's, that's pillar one. Um we will be raising him in some sort of, uh, you know, religious atmosphere, uh, whether that's like a specific, you know, like Lutheran or Christian or whatever, that's like, we don't really care about that. Just the idea of, of religion and the fact there is, you know, a supreme being as it were. 
Are you going to drag him to church? No. I, I mean, we will like we'll take him to it, but it's definitely not one of those things that every Sunday we'll be dragging him like out of habit just because he needs to get this experience. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, Let me tell you a little something about that. My parents dragged me to church for a few years. Yeah. Look where that got me. I know. Well, where, I was how, raised Catholic. Look where that got me. I know. You guys are heathens. We are heathens. What you were were you you in the Catholic Church as well, Scott? No, uh, it was like now it's almost a mega church. It's one. Of, it's like the second biggest church in Orange County. Is it Saddleback or is no it Mariners? Mariners, but it was before Mariners. I went to elementary school at Mariners, like right when it began. Oh, uh, okay. and it was really like right when it was located in Newport and like Bison and like it's called Liberty Christian now. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. My, I two churches merged, right. and mine was the other church. Oh, okay. I went there to like fifth grade. Well, that's in that experience. Sang crappy songs. And, yeah. Well, that experience of a Scott. At, at what point did you stop seeing the light? Sixteen. Uh, was it basically just like you started telling your parents, "I don't want to go to church. I don't believe in this." Or no, no, my parents. So that like, I don't know exactly what happened, but <clears throat> um, at some point, the church started like. I don't know because I wasn't there, but they were like telling political point of views and like this, blah, blah, blah. And then my parents were like, did it become a Catholic church? Done. Uh, no. Oh, so your, your, your parents stepped out and in turn you stepped out because of that. Yeah. Like it was kind of a group effort. <laughs> yeah. My dad was always a heathen. Like he, he hated doing that. He hated going. Got it. I think my mom still thanks the light. Okay. But, Collectively thanks the light. Yeah. But okay. I don't know. That's interesting, though. I didn't know your journey. When did you stop? When I was 17. Okay. Wow. Did you get, um, what's it called in Catholic Church? Commenced? Uh, confirmation. Confirmation. Oh, yeah. I went through it all. Wow. So you did all the classes and... CCD. But didn't, yeah, weren't, do you get, at what age do you get confirmed in the Catholic Church? Jen did it, too. 15? Because I'm confirmed in, like, the Lutheran Church, and we, like, we did that in junior high, so it's, like, eighth grade. Is he that eighth? I honestly don't remember. It's a time in my life I don't really remember. Don't look back too fondly on. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because there was a lot of stuff happening. Well, he was busy fielding like movie offers. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, I'd retired at that point. So. Conflict yeah. in Hollywood in the church was just too much for a young mind. No, I understand because they were trying to bring him into Scientology. Yeah. And you and you were like you I, didn't know what to do. No, I was just I was torn between, you know. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. I don't have other pillars, but that's kind of the, I mean, <clears throat> just because I am straight edge and don't believe in, you know, drinking and drugs and stuff like that, obviously will raise him like that. But I mean, Obviously that's he'll become a wait. I, I have a question for you. <clears throat> yeah. Real life question. Not even hypothetical. Oh, IRL. Yeah. Well, kind of hypothetical. Okay. If, if he's 19 and in college, yeah. is it okay if he drinks in your mind? Honestly, to me, that's like the most terrifying prospect where it's like, I really, you know, I want to tread lightly on that, but I want to make sure that he understands that it's an important part and, you know, it's an important part of our lives and it should be an important part of his life that he should be present for it. It's the opposite kind of rebellion. Like my parents don't drink, so. And that's honestly what I'm thinking where it's like it, it, it just because of that, it's like, it's not like, you know, obviously, well, I'm speaking from my perspective it's not like my parents were luscious and i was like oh fuck this they need to go the opposite direction except when your mom was pregnant 
it, yeah, my mom did drink up until about five and a half months of me pregnant. Explains a lot. I know. It explains why I have allergies, why I have asthma. I blame her for all of it. Cross-eyed. <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> exactly. All the above. Obese. For those who haven't seen Ray, is what? Yeah. 4, 4.50? Right. And I'm 5'4". Yeah. Did you, but... It's like a meatball. Did your parent your your parents didn't, weren't really drinkers, Joey, were they? I mean, I mean, like, they did they socially drink, or did you ever feel yeah. like they had... Like issues a problem no yeah no i think they both smoked but i don't know when i think they quit when my mom got pregnant but well i don't know how far in yeah i blame them for my allergies also that my the mom fact that i'm currently wearing glasses my mom smoked up until she was I, basically when she felt me kick that's when she quit stuff thanks mom i know that's what i say but yeah I, if there was one thing that i could identify that i'm most scared of about the kid is definitely that world of drugs and alcohol and where that could potentially take you just because it's like I was driving by a billboard in LA that I think they're all over the place. Um, it's like for HIV testing, but they have like cocaine and like alcohol, like on the billboard and it says play too hard, like get tested. And it's like our society has come to the point where they consider that like playing like, Oh dude, I did too many bumps and like, you know, I've, (laughs) fuck the girl with uh, you know fuck the guy or whatever the case may be i fucked somebody without protecting myself and i may have hiv now and it's like that like that's play just that word on that billboard was like oh like oh that's so sickening that that is like that but anyways i'll get off my soapbox but that's the one i'm most scared of scott what career are you going to push this child into not push him into but hoping at just yes yeah i don't i don't have just because I've, I guess I've always enjoyed like the work that I've done. I don't have these like hopes of like, oh man, I hope he becomes like, I really want him to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. I just, whatever he chooses, I just want him to care about it, you know? Um, Cause ultimately I think that's what everybody should figure out for themselves is what they care about and try to, how they can make money out of that. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I mean, if he, it'd be awesome if he, you know, for whatever reason was interested in teaching, you know, cause that has been a profession throughout my family's life. That's been pretty important. And I think, you know, that's a insanely important aspect of our culture that gets underappreciated. It's going to be a bummer when he's 35 living at home. Well, we don't value our teachers in this country. I know it's true. Little Ray, we're going to a financial school. Huh? Yeah. It's going to be a banker. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You, you have as much impact on his life, Scott, as I do. True. By every night we we text. <laughs> That's good. He's like the E-Trade baby. Yeah. People people have said that about the way that he looks. Uh, Ray, I have another serious question regarding your child. Please. When uh, it was first found out that you were going to be having a child, yes. we had decided that the name of the baby was going to be Joseph Scott, yet you did not follow through on that. Can I ask why? I know. it. it after much deliberation, the, uh, the name Joseph Scott didn't resonate as much as Raymond Edward Harkins the fourth. Disagree. I, I I know. I mean, I can understand for personal reasons why you would disagree, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just decided Fair to enough. yeah. And I apologize for letting both of you down, but well, did you feel obligated to do the Raymond Edward Harkins fourth thing? Um, no, initially. Oh. Pulling a Scott. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because Emma was uh, getting into some tissues here. It's my girl. Um, no, I wasn't originally, uh, that wasn't even, that didn't even enter my mind. I was like, all right, the name is going to die with me because I only wanted one. Kid. You already had the domain name though. So you're like, I did not have the domain name. Oh. I know I didn't register that. 
um, up until maybe a year ago. Okay. But uh, when my father passed away, uh, November of 2009, that was like, I never got to meet Raymond Edward Harkins the first because he died like maybe a month after, or no, a month or two before I was born. Your great grandfather? That would. No, you're. No, that'd be my grandfather. grandfather. Okay. Yeah. You're the third. I am the third. Got it. So, uh, because I never got to meet him, and then now because my son doesn't get to meet his grandfather, like the, the second, um, that really, really hit me hard. And it kind of. I just remember Kate and I were in um, Vegas, like my dad's funeral was the following day, and we were sitting at an Olive Garden. <laughs> And then we just, it was like the most natural conversation where I was like, I, I really think that I want, like, we should, we should have a kid. Like, what are we waiting for? And I would really like to name him the fourth. And like, it was just one of those things like out of death came life as like cliched and weird and cheesy as it sounds. Um, but I just remember that conversation and it was like, so yeah, that makes sense. So I didn't feel obligated, but I didn't initially care about it that much until he passed away. Sorry, it's pretty serious. I know. Shit just got deep. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to cry. I know. That's funny because my dad would have been the fourth. Oh shit! He's the he's, third. He's the third. No, my dad would have been the fourth, but his dad, so my grandfather. Oh, okay. He was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to name him Phil, but with a different middle name." L- language, Scott. Just to really to his dad. Society. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. Then I think my dad didn't get along with his dad, so he's like, not even Phil. Yeah, just Scott. Well, then, are you happy that you have a good relationship with your dad? Then. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? No, it's gonna be Philip Scott. That's that's gonna my be my child. Kid? Okay, Philip Scott. Your hypothetical kid. Thanks, Scott. Scott Philip. Left out again. Philip <laughs> Scott jo- Joseph. Two, two middle names. Yeah. <laughs> no, just a first name. Um, just no first name. Do you want to have kids, Joey? Yeah. Let, let I me. mean, as a hypothetical, like removing your current situation, like... Eh, I wouldn't be opposed. You're not chomping at the bit. Right. Anytime soon. I should qualify that statement. I don't want to have children till the late 30s, 40s. Really? Adopt an African <laughs> baby, maybe. Do you want... So... I have no draw to have a biological you're child. Not, you're not concerned with you being an old dad? No. You don't care? But yeah, I mean... Well, I mean... It, you know, according to Parks and Recreation, which is obviously fat based on fact. Yes. Um, there's someone living today who's going to live to be 150. It's so true. Life expectancy why, why is longer. Why can't one of us? It's very true. You know? It's very true. So if you, know, if you get a 40. Plenty of years. Yeah. You'll still be spry and your body will exactly. be uh, decayed beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Um, so 30 is kind of young these days to have a child. Yeah. Well, especially in like the... Los Angeles area or whatever, yeah. like Orange County. Well, like, yeah, because obviously everywhere else, it's like you have kids when you're like 19 or 20. I mean, that's like... How do those kids happen? Right. I don't know. They just come. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Scott. And I, exactly. Ooh, that, was a, that was a nice entendre right there. Yeah. Double meaning. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, and I've got three of them. So it's like, how did this happen? And um, Ray, are you done oh with yeah, children? One hundred percent. Are you I'm medically going to, done with children? I'm surgically going to get it taken care of at some point in early 2012. But yeah, we need downstairs right now. We opened an amateur uh, surgical <laughs> clinic. amateur vasectomy clinic. That'd yeah. be, that'd be we do all kinds good. of stuff. 
That's good. You name it, we do it. <laughs> Those jobs, whatever. A lot of YouTube tutorials out there. All, uh, all you have is like a neon open sign. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, what are you open for? No, just come in. We'll show you. Yeah, yeah, whatever we'll, you want. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You guys, I understand. You're no trying, healthcare, no healthcare. You're Cash tr- only. You're trying, to, you're trying to start a business like Nip Talk. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We're just going to bang tons of girls. <laughs> so you could just be like Christian from the show. Joey still has my Nip Tuck DVDs <clears throat> from our previous relationship. And I believe you still have my Sopranos DVDs. Oh. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. I had, I had those Band of Brothers DVDs for a while and then I never watched them. Have you upgraded? I've upgraded. upgraded. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a question for you, Scott. Uh-oh. I know. It's okay. You'll be fine. Let's hear it. It's, I, 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 just, I don't know the origin of your interest in the sort of computer science realm. Um, pretty natural. The, the sort of very punk rock too. The idea of you like, stole computers. Yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I could, I could teach myself design. Then I went to design school uh-huh. and then you want to build things online and you don't want to have to rely on someone that could do the technical parts. So you figure it out for yourself. Boom. But like, but what, what age and like what, Sort of uh, seventeen. And what segue? Like, did someone introduce it to you, or you just kind of were like, no? Like, I one summer, like, I didn't want to waste the summer, so I printed out a bunch of calendars on my wall, and I bought a bunch of books, and I said, like, I'm going to get through this book this week, this book the next week, this book the next week, and I was really like disciplined about it. Uh-huh. I still try to do that. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. And so you just read a bunch of books on like coding and yeah, languages and everything. Interesting. I have a new project I'm working on too. Can you just? Can you talk about it? I can. Leading up to the 2012 election, patent pending. One book every 10 days. Okay. And each book is going to be about the president. So like in order. So biographies about each president in order. They... All the way leading up to Obama and then whoever. Oh, okay. So starting with George Washington? Yes. Interesting. Like the best biography on him. Yeah, so I'm gonna go on Amazon, figure out what's the highest rated, download it, boom, read it. That's a cool project. I like that. I back it. I hope you follow through. Yeah. Speaking of following through on things, I'd like to bring up real quick Scott's uh, his uh, cleanse, which has now been pushed back even further. Oh, um, Thursday. Because the supplies have not shown up. Thursday. Let's track them right now. What about uh, what about the coffee cleanse? As it were. Still clean and sober. He drinks more root beer than anyone I know. You're crazy. Every Whoa. time I see him, he's like, I drink one thing of diet root beer once a day. No, maybe. He doesn't. Wow. Okay. The materials come tomorrow. So would so if they come tomorrow Thursday. We won't date this. But they come they show up on Thursday. No, they come on Wednesday. Start on Thursday. Yes. When will you quit? Saturday? No, ten days. Joey, have you ever seen me go this long without coffee? I'm honestly surprised. Yeah. Well. But you could be a secret sipper. <laughs> like Ray. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ray's become a secret sipper. I, 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 I don't know if I, I mean, I think I need to have coffee again today just to like keep trying it, but I don't no, know. I, if you keep what, doing that, you're going to get into it. Ray, what I kind of creamer do you do? Just you use? like the uh, French vanilla silk. Go for like chocolate or something. Just try black coffee. Yeah. Well, don't try that. It's gross. Well, I find I, all I'm concerned about or all I Stunting care. Stunting your growth? No. You're done growing, right? I am. You're like 40 years old. I am. The, uh, it's just the caffeine. I'm just like interested in that and like how it affects my body. And so. In a good way? Yeah. Like in how it, I mean, it honestly, there are times where it's like, I feel 
that, you know, whatever, if I drink like a, you know, a mocha or something like that, which is, you know, occasionally what I drink, I feel like super on point. And that's usually like, you know, one, maybe two shots of espresso. But, and then I didn't really know this, but there's more caffeine in espresso than coffee. I had no idea. Significant amount more. Right. And so I'm like, well, if I just keep drinking that, then I'll be fine. And like, I just didn't, I like, I think I like the idea of coffee more than I like do. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I'm ever going to completely adopt to that. So. And I know Scott's encouraging me not to. Yeah. Even though everyone else is like, welcome to the team, Ray. And it's like, well, I'm not really on the team All yet. All the addicts. <laughs> What's that? All the addicts are encouraging you to. Yeah, exactly. All the enablers. Scott yeah. is a recovering addict. So I, I believe you still are an addict, Scott. Once an addict. Once an addict, always an addict. Always yeah. an addict. Um, Joey, I want to hit it on an aspect of your personality that uh, it, because just because Joey and I have known each other for so long and we've remained friends throughout everything that we've been through. Not like we've been through trying times, but because we're both, we're very both easygoing people, but Joey explores a side of my personality that I don't feel uh, I'm able to express as much. Uh So Joe, I know it's okay. (laughs) I'm setting Joey up and he knows where I'm going with this. Um, Joey is an amazing person when it comes to uh, confrontational nature. Joey has (laughs) no problems with like telling a person to fuck off or, his displeasure with them on the freeway or like whatever it's like, and it's not like irrational. I mean, some may define yeah, it as irrational. Yeah. There are times Sometimes I'll define it as irrational. Right. There are times, but, um, but Joey's like, Joey's definitely the enforcer. If stuff needs to like happen that uh, someone needs to get in someone's face, like Joey will be the person that can help out with that. I take umbrage with this. Okay. I've seen Joey get fired up a lot and I've seen him talk about confronting people, but I've never seen him confront anybody. Well, except the movie theater. So you have to be confront. Okay. Yeah. Once, jo- once in, I choose wisely Yeah, because I've, I've never, so I haven't been in a fight since fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. You, he, that's, that's a good point. And a good thing to note is the fact that even though Joey's confrontational, he doesn't like, yeah, like you said, you pick your battles. You don't, There's, you don't push it to the point of where it's like, you're in a We're brawl every other day, yeah. Picks on the little kids at the movie theater. Trying to just have fun with the uh... trying to have fun with the beach ball at the movie theater. <laughs> and that, that, that hit us in the head. That was actually, fuck that. That was the story that I, I wanted you to retell. Of of I don't. You know more detail than I do. I, did you just bl- black it out because it was such a traumatic event for you? No, I'm just it was very traumatic. <laughs> we were we were all seeing a midnight showing of. I wish I remembered what movie. Uh, it was the Will Smith movie where he's in New York by himself. I am Legend. Yes. Okay. I am Legend. We were all yeah. We were all pretty stoked about it. So it's like us three and a few other of our friends. Um. And because it's a midnight showing, teenage children were, were out yeah. being assholes. Totally. And they were sitting right behind us. And like it was a group of like maybe six kids or so. Like 16, maybe 17. Maybe. Roughly. Maybe a little younger. Um, they were all sleeping over at each other's houses. That's what it felt like. It felt like it was like, ah, we don't care where we are. Like, fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, just usual dumb teenage shit. And it's like, obviously, we can tolerate that up to a point. But they blew up a beach ball and they started throwing it around the movie theater. And it's like, that's, that's not the time or the place, as an adult would say. Um, and then have your fun. Just keep it away from us. Very true. And then a beach ball hit, uh, one of our group in the head. Um, and like, we all kind of looked at each other like the fuck, like that's, and it, it came from like immediately right behind him. So it's like, it was those kids and it was, it was a misfire maybe. Um, and then, so that happened and we all kind of like, you know, that sucked. And then, you know, Joe, Joey gave a very stern look backwards. Do you remember that? No. Okay. 
Yeah, that's his first movie. That was just the look, right? It, and it was like it, you know you could you could sense it. Like you, there's no way that there was a misinterpretation of that look. It was like knock it off. And it, the crowd behind us that was causing the trouble. It was like one rowdy kid, and then like you know four or five of his friends that were just like, oh, I'm embarrassed of this guy. Yeah, and, and then you, they see Joey, the rowdy kid's like, oh, he doesn't care, and they're just like, come on, man, calm down. Yeah, calm that's down. true. That's true. I remember. Yeah. And every and no one else in the movie theater thought it was funny either. Like yeah. these guys were on an island completely. And then then you know they're still trying to ignite the fun or the rambunctious one is. And then the ball, not as violently as the first time. Like, I think just kind of landed on your head, like you know, like float a beach ball floats. It, it I mean, and it, it obviously right, and it didn't <laughs> hurt. Like no, it's a beach ball, but it was the point. And then. I don't remember the line precisely. Do you remember the line precisely, Scott? No. Uh, it, it was some variation of, like, knock it the fuck off. Like, we'll take your beach ball. I, I, I don't think there was a threat. It was just a... If, no, it was like, if that hits us in the back, hits us yes. again, dot, dot, dot. Yes, it was, that was it. It was like, a, if this happens again, you don't want to know what will happen. And it was to, like, after that, it was like, nope. Nothing nothing else happening. The movie theater breathed a collective sigh. We watched a movie, and it was great. But that's – Joey excels at those situations. Yeah. Scott, I, I know you don't see them often, but you don't come to many of my softball games. No, I don't. I've heard, I've heard the legend of Joey on the mound. <laughs> Joey, Joey, does, Joey does get fired up because you can yell at umps. That's part of what they are. Yeah. And that's why so, you pay so them. They're just exactly. like 45-year-old guys making, what, 10 bucks an hour? Uh, 15. <laughs> no, they make $30 an hour. Joey's Each team pays them $15. Yeah, Joey. game. Yeah. Joey pays their salary, so... Is it an hour? Hour and five minutes. So or eight, eight innings, whatever comes Yeah, first. so they're not making much money. And you just give them a hard time. I don't time. think that's their job. They don't like, I work one day a week. You think they're doing it for fun? It's a hobby. No. Yeah, I think it's more of a I don't hobby. think there's no... I don't care. I mean, you'd have to ref, like, every single game, like, oh. seven days a week. I, oh, sorry, ref, ump. I mean, because these guys are obviously not just doing baseball. Like, they would probably do, like... I don't know. I mean, they're... Softball is year-round. We have the same umps. Okay. Yeah. Every time or every season, we see this. Yeah, we, and we do with the basketball league. <laughs> the basketball league I play, and it's the same dudes, and they they get the same amount of shit. They they like literally have to like break up fights. It's I, ridiculous. I've really? yet, to, I've yet yeah. to be kicked out. That's good. I you're, almost did this year. You're, you're testing the water. Yeah, but the only I would push it if I got kicked out. That's fine. But if I get kicked out, then our manager Greg would also be kicked out and we would both have to miss the next game. Ooh. So for Greg's sake, you, you, I know my limit. Does Greg get into it? Like uh, A little bit. A little bit. I can't see Greg getting excited. Um, yeah, no, he does. Okay. Um, um, I'd also like to highlight uh, this a great story in my mind as well with um, your dealings with a replacement guitarist in Taken when Joey, son of a bitch. when Joey was roadieing for Taken for a tour. Um, and I use that word roadie very specifically. <laughs> there was a lot of tension that was building up between him and a replacement guitarist that we had, and it compounded in a debate over Jimmy Eat World's The Middle. Yes. I'll, let you, I'll let you take it from there, Joey. Uh, I don't remember his name. Matt. Matt. Piece of shit. <laughs> we were in the van driving somewhere, listening to Bleed American, and the middle was, came on, and it was a gigantic hit at the time. And I was saying how I didn't really like this song, and I didn't like the guitar solo in the song. At which point, Matt says, 
can you play it? And I said, no, I don't know how to play guitar. And he said, then you can't say you don't like this solo. At what po- at what which point I said, yes, I can. How long have you guys known this guy at this point? It was a bad like I. I- it was a terrible situation. We had known him collectively, personally, for maybe about a month by that point. How long? Well, because he stayed at the he stayed at our house. Yeah. and ate Brandon's bread. We 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 thought taken collectively thought it'd be a great idea if we flew out a guitarist when we were. Well, Ray in Southern California, it is so, there. Are no one, no one plays guitar in, in the city of Los Angeles or in Orange know. County. And we, honestly, our the conclusion that we came to was like. Oh, this guy is a super fan of us. This would be cool to give him a chance to play, like because he like, he lived in the boonies of Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, and so we just thought it was like this is cool. Like we'll fly him out here. What could go wrong? We don't know you touring for three months in a van. Like no problem. So it it an explosion was bound to happen. It's just Joey was able to compound it. So it was a lot more heated than that, I believe. The whole the Jimmy World. Oh, discussion. Yeah. It, I mean, it went like that for a good ten minutes before it was like we had to like change. Yeah, and we had to like step in. Like <coughs> people that don't normally like speak up about. So like, I think I remember Nick Beard being like, "Guys, stop it!" It was like, "Holy shit!" Like this, this will literally come to blows if we don't say anything. And it was. Uh, Did it come to blows? No. My, I have two. It, I have two favorite moments. They came close, very close. <laughs> there ones. was one night for some reason. We didn't, we didn't get hotels every night. We maybe did two or three times on the whole tour. And one night we had a hotel. And Matt was just being an idiot. And I just – I don't even remember. I just think I just said, like, shut up or, like, I don't like you or something. I don't know what I <laughs> yeah. said. And he was just like, you know, Joey, just don't talk to me. So I said, fine, I won't talk to you. And he's like, no, seriously, don't talk to me. Okay, Matt, I won't talk to you. Then he's like, no, really, like, don't talk to me. I was like, Matt, then shut the fuck up. Like – you keep talking. I have nothing to say to you. Stop talking. And then we stopped talking. But that it made was, things, things a little tense in the hotel room. Yeah, that was pretty good. Favorite moment number two was when he was not allowed back into the States. Wait, I have a question before yeah. this. Was So there's, what, five guys on the rest of you? There's five yes. more of you? Were they on Joey's side or was it just? We, we I, it wasn't a divided camp. Like we all, the only person that was really on like quote unquote the Matt's the replacement guitarist side, and uh-huh. I use that so like <laughs> loosely, was um, our bassist Nick uh-huh. because he was like, he's he's even more of a person that like just wants to keep the peace yeah, than he's me. A, like yeah. he's like to the extent where it's like he will sacrifice like his well being yeah. in ways that most people wouldn't. He knew that at some point. Oh yeah. yeah, and I mean, and he he was the like literally the last person to admit that like okay, this is a bad idea. Like this dude kind of sucks. Yeah. So yeah, we all were like, J- Joey was definitely like the vehicle in which we all could express ourselves, but we just like didn't collectively there for a reason. right. We didn't collectively acknowledge it. So it was just like as these explosions occurred, it was like it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like thanks, Joey. <laughs> really glad we brought you along. Even though like at times it was obviously like Joey said uncomfortable, but. After that uncomfortableness faded, it was kind of like, it was funny. Well, then, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But we, there were some shows in Canada, and we had, for some reason, like two or three days off in Buffalo, and we just spent time in Buffalo. And one day we were like, let's go to the Niagara Falls. So we go to Niagara Falls, and we're like, we can cross the border right here and go gamble. Like, let's do it. So we all go into, uh, into Canada, and we gamble for a while, and we're coming back, we're crossing like a bridge or something. Yeah. 
And we all get through, and all of a sudden it's like, I think it was Chad and Matt were like held up like Chad was waiting. Or someone he comes out and he's like, uh, they're not letting Matt back in. <laughs> Why? Because uh, he was... Well, he, he crossed into Canada. He's a Canadian citizen. And then he was crossing back into the States with a bunch of people from the States. And they were kind of like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And like, and then, you know, he his story. Like, we didn't, we didn't think of it as a border crossing. We just thought it was like, well, I crossed the bridge. And it's like, oh, shit. Because, like, the border crossings are so serious that you're like, all right, we got to get our story straight. And then because that happened, none of our stories were straight. And so Matt just kind of, I think he just told the, the truth. He's like, I'm making lots of money. Right, yeah. But yeah. Not really. But uh, so he gets left in Canada, gets a hotel. We go into Canada. That, and that, did he, I don't even remember. Did he play the first show? The, uh, he played the yeah because Chris Logan picked him up okay. and drove him to the first show because okay, so, his sister was going to pick him up at the first show. But did he leave after the first show? Yeah. So he only played the one. I think so. so. He okay. So eventually he leaves. He's saying goodbye to everyone and it's just like giving everyone hugs. Juan starts crying <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> and then it gets to me and it's just like, well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> there was no like the coldest goodbye you could possibly. It was great. It was and it was such a sigh of relief. And him him leaving yeah. led to Eric meeting us in Chicago and learning all the songs. On a van drive from to, Chicago to Wyoming. Yeah. Incredible. That's for people that have never toured before, this is exactly what touring was like in the early two thousands where it was like literally flying by the seat of your pants, figuring out as it goes along. Has there been any communication between any of you guys and him? Uh, I think some people, he traded emails occasionally with, I think, Chad, and he occasionally still posted when Lamb Goat had a very uh, prominent message board. Mm. He would occasionally post on there and talk shit on Taken and how we were so mean to him and everything. I made an account yeah. on Lamb Goat. <laughs> That's just, right. I think I just said, like, shut up, Matt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and the username was Joey, <laughs> so it wasn't, like, hidden or anything. Didn't, uh, wait, I don't know what I was going to say. But, yeah, that's... That's 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 Joey in a nutshell. When it comes to the, I'm a real, I'm a real sweetheart. Yes, you, you you are a sweetheart. Just don't don't get on your wrong side. I would hate to be like hated by Joey. There's a couple people out there. I know, I know who you are. <laughs> um, I thought it'd be fun. For, obviously, since all of us kind of, well, not kind of, all of us worked at the same label together at uh, Abacus Recordings. <laughs> We kind of did this with, uh, I think, Cue the episode, distance. With Roy. Yeah, with episode, I think it was like <laughs> episode like three or four with, <laughs> with, with uh, Roy Culver. Uh, we spoke about some of our experiences. But Abacus Recordings is basically an imprint of Century Media Records. Um, and we, we had no choice to basically separate from Century Media. Like, I woke up one morning and it was basically like, hey, Ray, so remember that imprint of the label? How about, how about you go out and start one, like, with $2 million and, like, hire staff and find offices? And it's like, what? I'm 22. I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> and so I was able to help bring in Joey and Scott doing their respect, Scott doing the artwork production side of things, and Joey on the label manager A&R side of things. And so all of us worked together. I can't even remember how long it was together. I was there for a little over a year. Right. And you were there for a year and a half, Scott? A year. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Although the, the first month was spent in an empty office waiting for the internet to get Which set was, up. Oh, that was incredible. That was brilliant. Who brought funny. Chris Waltman in? 
that was Robert. Yeah, one of the Chris was supposed to be the guru to run it all. Yes, Chris Chris Walton was brought in as sort of the boss of everybody that was going to be in the office every day. And so basically, it was like a motley crew of people. Like we were all we were all just figuring it out as we went. Like. No policies, no nothing. No, nothing. And then we, and you want to sign a band? Sure. <laughs> Write him a check. <laughs> let's let's have a meeting about it. Let's put a you know profit and loss sheet together. Like let's figure it out. And uh, because of that, it inspired uh, many awkward moments, funny stories, lack of paychecks, lack of paychecks. Yeah, I challenged our listeners to uh, whether this was like stupidity on our part or just the fact that we were trying to see it through. Uh, try not getting paid for. Well, I think it was two and a half months. Kate, for the, yeah, and it was like leading up to Christmas. So it was great timing. Yeah, like occasionally be like, all right, here's a check. Like we'd get. Yeah, it was. So yeah, we essentially didn't get paid. We worked full time. Did not get paid. There, the promise of money was there because we were just waiting for a distributor check to come in, and this check. Took three months to get written. Checks in the mail. The check, it, literally, the check is in the mail. That was the, pretty much the saying at <laughs> Abacus because everyone we talked to, oh, we have checks in the mail. Yeah, anyone that was looking to get paid, checks in the mail. Yeah. Checks in the mail. It, and it was uh, that was funny. I mean, looking, looking back, back, we highlights involving. I think we watched. Didn't we watch like the first season of Lost? That was Joey. That was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I would look over and Joey would be just watching Lost. <laughs> We played a lot of ping pong. There was a, a skeevy guy who will go nameless who came and worked there who had shot some softcore porn. Oh, yeah. And he... Is this JC? Yeah. yeah. We, had a, we had a collection of soft porn, right? Yeah. And someone had the bright idea of just leaving it running all day in the conference room. <laughs> this, this same person is the same person while working at an independent record label told us he hadn't bought a CD in about <laughs> six years. Didn't see the point. No, didn't understand. It. He's he downloads buy shirts. Why? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you need to have a physical copy of any record? Yeah. It's not like about? it's not like these things are actually paying your salary. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, that was funny. Not getting paid for a few months. Uh, but at least we had an on-staff lawyer or an right. on-site lawyer. Only at the beginning. <laughs> he was there. He was there the whole time. He he saw what was happening. I Did think. he actually leave? I think he may have gotten shuffled around to the other businesses. Did he, he, was, he was trying to work with Century Media to get paid more regularly there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So this, I guess a good rule of thumb is, like, whatever job you kind of try to do, like, see, get, make sure they have money. Get so, paid. Yeah, make sure you get paid. Did, I don't know if we talked about it with Roy. Did we talk about the um, reggaeton label? No, no, no. Kind of reggaeton. Uh, yeah. reggaeton. Uh, reggaeton. This, this was easily the best. Scott, uh, I think you told best. Yeah, it fill fill us in on the imprint of uh, Abacus Recordings that many people don't know about. Okay, <clears throat> or actually, should well, I say were, everybody? No one is aware of this. Well, there were three elements of under the. It wasn't the Abacus umbrella. What was the whole Isn't thing it called? Element. Yeah. Under the Element One umbrella, there was a label called Element One, which specialized in radio rock. Rev Theory, what up? Slow burn. Shout out to my boy, Steve Glazer. They're still around. <laughs> They're just called Rev Theory now. It's easier to chant. Right, right. Um, there was Abacus Recordings, which was the indie metalcore thing that we did. And then there was the reggaeton label run by Lupe de la Cruz. 
Please describe him a little bit. Well, one day, I didn't. I wasn't there the day before for whatever reason, and I come in, and there is a little bald, older Latino man sitting at my desk. Wearing a suit. Wearing a suit on my phone. <laughs> on my phone. And uh, I, I was like, who's this? Who's this? I don't know. We had to go to a meeting right away. And then... Uh, he, I told him that was my desk. He said, okay. He was very polite, and he moved away. And then I didn't see him for a couple of weeks. And then I keep getting these weird emails saying, hey, I need art for this. Like, what? <laughs> Who are you? And then he's like, oh, I was the guy that was in here the other day. I'm running a reggaeton label. It's called such and such. Uh, I need Siegel, you to do Siegel music. Siegel music. I need, you to ha- I need the art by like two days from now for these two releases. I'm like, uh, are we manufacturing them? Yeah, you're manufacturing them. Blah, 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 blah. So we throw it all together, get it done, and it's like, at this point, we're doing orders of CDs around like, I don't know, a couple thousand. He tells me, I'm like, okay, so how many do you need? He's like, 15,000 of each. I'm like, are you sure? That's a lot. <laughs> so I go tell the boss, like, do we really want to make 15,000 of these? And he's like, yeah, the, the owner says this is a sure bet. There's no problems here. We're going to make our money back. This is what's going to fund the whole thing. Reggaeton is so hot right now. And I'm like, okay. So I place the order. They get there. They're late, of course. Was one of them... I'm trying to remember the one of them was like a, a sampler. One of them was a compilation featuring Daddy Yankee. Wow. That, that was the 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 catch with Daddy Yankee. Yeah. Was it thirty thousand or fifteen thousand? It was an absurd amount. Right. I think it was thirty thousand many thirty thousand print, fifteen thousand complete, and we were like shipping like all of them. So for the first release comes out, they're like they shipped like fifteen thousand, made them really affordable. They were gonna be on all the reggaeton end caps. And we're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna sell like eight thousand of these at least. There's no problems here. Marketing's well, perfect. Well, I th- I think we, as in a few people, I don't as think in, any of us, yeah, Lupe. right, Scott, yeah. none of us were on board with this. Not, yeah, a lot of us thought, no, I don't think so. This is your world. <laughs> so we wait for SoundScan to come in the next day. It's like double digits. It's like ten, <laughs> and we shipped. You shipped like was what like ten thousand units out there. Yeah. So the rule of thumb is what? Ten. If you do like ten percent of your first week, like whatever you ship. That was back did, then. Right. That was back when the the hog was high with right. the music industry. Right. So we should you hypothetically speaking, you should have scanned sound scanned at least a thousand copies first week. Right. It was one tenth of that. And this is my first week of knowing Lupe. Um, he becomes a regular in the office. Well, not a regular. Maybe a, twice a weeker. And oh, he's in a full suit. <laughs> full and suit. All of us we are just look like scumbags, just like <laughs> t-shirts, band shirts. Yeah, yeah. No one takes a shower. Um, anyway, Nanda, yeah, his electronic <laughs> project. He. Uh, so after this first week, we're like, uh, I'll, I guess I'll just keep doing what he says. He's the man. Yeah, you're, I'm not. It's not my not my place to say. And throughout the throughout my relationship with Lupe, I'm, I'm keep trying to like figure out like what he's doing, like. Because he's there just on the phone all day. And he's like negotiating things with Puerto Rico because that's the reggaeton hotspot. And <clears throat> so it comes time for the second release, which I think was another compilation. May have been a record. Yeah, I can't remember. But it's it's the exact same situation. Like, it needs to be done in two days. We don't have anything. Have to put it all together now. <laughs> um, we have to order like a 15000 again. again. We're going to ship the same amount, but this time for sure it's going to work. Get it back. The sound scan numbers, and it's the same thing. Yeah, I think this one was a little bit better seller. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe got up to a hundred. Right, maybe. But it paid for yeah, a fraction of what. And and I think 
like if my memory serves me right, I think the collective budget for that was basically half of the budget that we had for the record label, like the imprint in and of itself. So whatever, say we had $2 million, like close to a million of it was dedicated to these two projects. Right, right. Because obviously reggaeton artists need a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys knew what was going on. Is Julian Anthony a reggaeton artist? We could have probably we could have signed I think maybe six Juliana theories and it would have, Jesus. I know it's ridiculous. What what were you saying, Scott? I think I was more in the know because I was dealing with them directly, but it seemed like there was no intercommunication between all the labels. Like the radio label was off doing their own thing. No one knew what was happening. Beer fest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys were doing your stuff. There were like five of you guys, so it was kind of we knew it was happening. And then there was Lupe who came in and out just giving me these crazy things to do. Yeah, you were seeing all the production stuff. Yeah, I I had like an idea of what was happening. Like we like every like two months we'd re-release the Revolution Theory record with new art and like <laughs> one new one new bonus acoustic track. Yeah. And then Lupe disappears and doesn't say goodbye. R.I.P. Lupe. Never to be seen or heard from. We should look him up on Facebook. I know. Wasn't there. there some issue with him maybe uh Yeah. He owed someone in Puerto Rico a bunch of money. Yeah. He he clearly didn't keep track of his books very well, and we were. We or maybe were all, he did, but he wasn't giving checks. He was promised. Right. Or we were on, we were honestly all afraid that one day the Mexican drug cartel would come into our office and be like, "Where's Lupe?" And we were like, "Oh, I don't know. Lupe who?" And then they would shoot us, <laughs> or they'd shoot one of us, and then "Where's Lupe?" <laughs> Ask the same question. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, that's 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 Wait, what, so much fun. Fr- what was the the Boy Scout girl's name? The Boy Scout girl? The girl? Oh, our, our salesperson, Melanie. And she, Didn't she come dressed up like a Boy Scout one day? She, as, Not a, on as, a, as a male person? Yeah. She came dressed up in different costumes. But on it was a, never on a weekly, right? No, no on a no. weekly basis. Costumes, yeah. Why not? Um, there was also a short-term relationship with a now-convicted felon named Lou Perlman. That's correct. Um, Put some, out a Jordan Knight CD. Somehow we got involved in the... <laughs> Former new kids on the block recording artist Jordan Knight. I forgot all about that. Um, uh, yeah. That, yeah again, these. I get told to, hey, got to order a billion of these CDs. Jordan Knight is going to be on the Today Show. We need we need to ship hundreds of thousands of these records. No problem. <laughs> Call Fat Rich. Right. We were shout out to Fat Rich. <laughs> we were we were pretty impressive as far as how nimble we were on learning something and yeah. then enacting it right away. Yep. Again, no policies in place. None. Shoot an email, see what happens. Right. None whatsoever. Um, aside from the Abacus recording stuff. So basically, I think the moral of the story is that when you start an independent record label um, and you have $2 million to spend, don't spend a million on it on reggaeton. Well, or you I could. I did things all wrong then. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. Um, so, Joey. Yes, Ray. There is one aspect of your life that I think many people would find entertaining. I know few I, people know about. I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't bring it up on my own. He doesn't. But I'm. He doesn't have his IMDb, IMDb page on his email signature, but he should. Uh, you were a child actor. Walk walk us through how you got introduced and what were some of your uh, your amazing credits. When I was, I want to say I was eleven. Uh, a friend of mine named Tim did – he was like – did extra work in movies and stuff. And they needed a bunch of kids for a 
photo shoot or like to, for some TV show and like a baseball team and the coach was going blind. I don't remember. Dick Van Patten was in it. And they, so he called all his friends. They got all the, pretty much it was all of our friends were in this picture. Um, film, and, film. No, it was literally a, they took pictures of it. Oh, okay. Because the character is going blind and he's looking through a photo book and it was of a picture of a baseball oh. team he used to coach. Uh, so. You were an extra? Yes. Did you get I, paid? Yeah, I think, uh, the going rate back in 1991 was uh, $60. So, That's it? Yeah. Wow. Um, so I did it, and it was a lot of fun. And I told my mom that I wanted to keep doing it. And um, so I ended up getting an agent, took some headshots. Ari Gold? Uh, no, her name was Irene Gallagher at Children's Screen Agency. She was about a 1,000 years old then, so I'm assuming she's dead. Smoking? Like, <laughs> yeah, she was... Quit eating so much, kid. Not gonna get any parts. <laughs> uh, so I joined up, and for the next two or three years, once I hit puberty, I think it got a little, you know, awkward. So I stopped. But up until then, I was, uh, you know, pretty much running, running Hollywood. What's your biggest? What's your biggest success behind the camera? In I'd front say, of the camera. I'd say there's two that I usually go with. Okay. One being Three Ninjas Kickback, the sequel to the uh, highly... It's a great movie. Highly popular original uh, Three Ninjas. But I didn't think that it was believable. What, the sequel? The first one. The grandfather. He wasn't... What, Squinty? Yeah, he, he didn't look like he could hurt anybody. No, he was like a... He was... Yeah. He sucked. Um, but anyways, I in Three Ninjas Kickback... There is the, – the movie is bookended with uh, baseball scenes. It's like a subplot where the three ninjas are on a baseball team called the Mustangs and they play a team called the Dragons. I was on the Dragons and in the first game, we get in a brawl and the game gets pushed back a week and then they go on an adventure and then they come back and finish the game. But in this last game, uh, Rocky, I believe, the middle oh, hits. He's up to bat being taunted. Remember you Tom know. Tom? Yeah, he was an asshole. Who, with Mustang, who was the oldest one? Rocky, Colt? Rocky, Colt, Colt, Rocky, and Tum Tum. The kid that played Tum Tum was a shithead. Um, and uh, Rocky, what ends up being the game winning game winning home run? Um, but there's, I have my own scene of me oh. uh, running, like thinking I'm going to be able to catch the ball, but ends up going over the fence. So I could not, but I had my own scene. Um, Congratulations. What was the second film? Uh, it was a TV show oh. called Reasonable Doubt, were you, starring Marley Matlin and Mark Herman. Were you disappointed that you had to go back to TV after um, being on silver screen? No, because I don't think um, – well, no, some of the things they did ended up on actual movie theaters like Mambo Kings uh, <laughs> and Jack the Bear. But uh, in Reasonable Doubt, tragic tale of – my mother is murdered, and I am shot in the head as a, as a baby and grow up. Uh, I'm a quadriplegic, and I played a quadriplegic on a television show, and I sat in a wheelchair, and my fake grandpa um, wiped drool off my mouth. Um, I will finish the website just so I can share this YouTube video. What? I will finish the First World Problems website. Oh, yes, there is a, a video of it on YouTube of... My beautiful, beautiful acting. Um, but, yeah, those were probably... Oh, and the reasonable doubt it was the one time I only... I ever had my own trailer. Um, and it said my name on it. And that was that was probably the highlight of my short-lived acting career. 
Yeah. What would have happened if you would have continued? Have you heard of Macaulay Culkin? Yes. I would be him. Wasted. Which is drugged out. There's a rumor going around that his child wasn't planned. I heard that. What do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think it's his child? What? Do you think it's his child? Uh... I've heard he's infertile. This is... Talk on it. Tell me about it. What? No, the kid, the kid was planned. I'm sorry. I know... That just makes for a good story, Rib. That's true. How big is his college fund right now? I'll double it. <laughs> well, I, I have... <laughs> Let me add it. Uh, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't started his savings account yet. Oh. I know. Okay, horse, well, he's get not, away. He's not going to college right now, so... For the record, a dog sitting a small horse, Dude. and it's all in my face right now. <sighs> he won't need to go to college. Yeah, he doesn't Do you think do college is going to exist in 15, how old is he? 18 years? Yeah. Dude, it's going to exist, but it's going to be such a scam. It's already a scam. I know. It is. It's the, the business the business of uh, being born. I haven't seen that. Is that a good movie? No, I haven't watched it yet either. Joe, you went to Long Beach State? Yes. I did. What was that like? Crowded. Did you like it? Yeah, did, did you just go there because it's close? Uh... I applied to a few schools, got into a few, and Stanford. At, at that time in my life, felt like I needed to stay close to my mom, uh-huh. so I stayed home. Tell me about Long Beach State. It was very crowded. Crowded in, in the sense there were a million people in your yes. class? Really? It was, if you got to the campus after 9 o'clock, you wouldn't get parking. Is it still like that? I don't know. I haven't been in eight years. Uh-huh. Um, you ever climbed the pyramid? No. Okay. I um, went to my... S- third punk show ever inside the pyramid though really yeah. what was it uh it was some it was i believe it was in 96 it was lag wagon blank before they added the 182 interesting skink and pickle <laughs> strung out seven seconds that's cool yeah um, my wallet got stolen at that show they have cool like nba summer basketball there you know that at the pyramid yeah i was unaware okay anyway back to your college did you live in the dorms uh, I did. What was that like? Um, it was fun. I, did you get first, along with everybody, or did you have your animosity toward life like you do now? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was it was fun. The first semester, I lived at home, and Long Beach is such a big school, it's really hard to meet people. And I was like, I'm going to go to school for the next four, five years and not have any friends, aside from the couple people I already knew that went there. So uh, You didn't want to be just a, what do they call them? Commuter student. No, I actually wanted to have like a good college experience. So the second semester, shout out to the beer bongs and straight edge Scott. No, um, sorry, sorry to disappoint. Okay. Um, after um, the first semester, I moved into the dorms, but on a floor where I had already met all those people. So it was just like people I already knew. Yeah, I already lived there. And then after the first year of school, uh, pretty much everyone on our floor moved into the same apartment building. Oh, and we all. There was like five different apartments with like three or four people in each one. Uh-huh. Um, and we just all lived there. there was Wild times. Fun. There were some, yeah. Yeah. Lots of not studying and staying up late. Lot, we had lots of parties. What did you guys have back then? Nintendo? Um, uh, what was the first Tony Hawk out on? PlayStation? PlayStation. There was a, living in that apartment was when the first Tony Hawk came out. I was also delivering pizza at the time. Um, and... I didn't go to school for a week because I just wanted to play Tony Hawk. I remember that. The addiction. Um, it was great. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, school. What did you study at school? 
Uh, a pretty important major called communications. Oh, yeah. So my uh, sister studied that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't really want to get into it. It's really deep. Yeah. You know, like. What are you studying communications? Communicating. <laughs> no, really. Is it like, like I took, entertainment business? I took, what was my, f- interpersonal and I don't remember. It was more, a lot of it was focused on like business communications, like how to interact and like, <laughs> like. That's where you, that's where you got your uh, was, fire in you? Yeah. You, you know, like <laughs> Don't take shit from classes, anybody. Linguistics classes. Yeah. Like business. Like I, there was like business classes that were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any takeaways that you learned or was it a waste of time? Um, the only thing I remember was one of my professors, Dr. Dermy, was from Long Island and she was gorgeous. Oh, and Dr. Dermy? She had a scar on her face. Oh. And I took every single class she taught because I had a gigantic crush on her. Dr. So Dr. Dermy, if you're listening... What's up? So I went to a very good uh, art school. What school was that? Art Center College of Design. And this... Where was it located? Pasadena, California. Do you know um, Sheldon Cooper or... Um, Sheldon Cooper. Leonard. They're, um, they're from a TV show called Big Bang Theory. They also live in Pasadena. Oh, they go to Caltech. Yeah. Well, they, they don't go there. Oh, they, they're professors. They're professors? They're, well, they're, yeah. Sheldon and... Um, Leonard are both doctors. And I think I've talked about it before, but that show is actually funny. And it's, even though it's on CBS. But anyways. Good. Um, so tell me about your, your time in college. I, in retrospect, I think I just went there because it was like a cool name. Learned some design stuff, but. Are you still in school? I intend to go back to school to study something relevant to life. Unlike manipulating pixels on a screen. I'm thinking a formal computer science background. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't know why. One day, Scott. I take inspiration from my roommate, Nicole Dettori, who she's like 39, 42. She's like, I don't care. I'll go back to school. <laughs> You're so lucky that she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yep. She is getting... She, she gives me hope. She gives everyone hope. Now, Joey, we're not going to name names. But you have some particular nemesis in the world of music, the industry you work in. Um, yeah. So tell me about your experiences and how someone gets on your shit list. They do something that makes me mad. One thing. It's generally like a uh, condescending email. It, it's usually being the way someone talks to me. Is that the... The person I'm thinking of in particular uh, just would send the most bullshit condescending emails. So speaking of bullshit people that make everyone mad, Ray, I have another question about your child. <laughs> Seems to be a theme. I know. It's a running theme. What is your parenting strategy going to be in terms of competitive athletics, football? No. By this point, um, Kate, Kate, I can already tell cage you. Cage fighting will probably be a high school sport. <laughs> I can tell you that Kate put a kibosh on football. She does not want to play football. I.e. because people die in high school. Oh, people die doing everything. I understand. People die driving a car, right? Is he not allowed to drive a car? Yes, he's banned from car. Basically, he's, he's going to be like a bubble boy. No. But Kate's just... Kate said that, and I was like... I mean, since I don't really care that much about football, it doesn't matter to me. But it's true. But <clears throat> he'll play basketball, baseball, whatever. Whatever he really wants to try. Well, what if he's like, Mom, Dad... I want nothing more than to play football. Yeah. I uh, mean, realistically, if he grows up in Irvine, he's going to have a... Well, assuming if he goes with the white kids or the Asian kids. 
There's going to be a lot of social pressure to play football. I didn't know who you needed to make his allegiance. Is it like the... Uh, he could be like me. I didn't have allegiance to anybody. I know. That's why you played hockey. You were on the outside. Yeah. Was, People were like, who the fuck's that tall loser in the I was, net? I was a roaming Viking. <laughs> I had friends with every... All nations. So, yeah. That's that's the only sort of restriction, but, as it what, were. But what if? If well, if he if he wants to, I I personally don't care. Oh, I see a rift in the marriage. I don't think Kate will dig her heels into the point of like he can't even try to play. Like because yeah. you know you start off with flag football, so okay, we'll see if but, he's into flag football or whatever. That's fine. But like what about ice hockey. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. There's a you can buy ice hockey, but not football. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You're yelling at me about something just, that I don't care about. I'm just curious. Don't yell. I'm not yelling. What if he wants to be a boxer? Uh, I don't foresee that happening. Uncle Scott could help him out. The rhino. What could if he come wants to do um, bare knuckle, bare knuckle boxing, or like even what if he wants? To, what if his like <laughs> what does he do backyard like, wrestling? All I want to do is at the scene. I believe it's in Lionheart. Okay. Where he dips his hands, or tapes him up, dips him in glue, and then puts him in glass. Oh yeah, yeah. that's all he wants to do. I, I would, I would encourage that. Okay, I yeah. think that's safe. Yeah, I, I completely think that's safe. Um, on the complete opposite note, you both have run independent record labels. One person currently, one person in the past. Scott is in the past. Joey's in the present. For those keeping score, uh, defining moment for both of you in the label's history where it was like, this this is exactly why I wanted to do this in the first place. Whether it was like a particular release, a show you saw one of your bands perform at, whatever the case may be. Give me your defining moment. Scott Arnold, in the past. Um, hanging out with Rick Rubin. Okay. Wait, what? It's a big deal. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what band? You, can you give a little more background? Um, <clears throat> there were talks... So I don't know if it's still like this, but Rick Rubin ran Sony Music for a while, and there were talks of acquiring my label and running it as a subsidiary of Sony in some capacity. So I had to meet with his, him and his people. Was it you by yourself, or did you have your people? Uh, me, a lawyer on the phone. Those were those me. Scott, where did this deal fall apart? Did did you want to do it? Were you like I was like totally over my head. I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, uh. <laughs> But I think they could sense that. Like, they knew I wasn't a player. Right. They knew you weren't. Like, like I was like 18. Right. A little wet behind the ears. Yeah. Well, then obviously, like, your personality would also, it's not like you're some, you know, high octane, like, right. hey, let's get this deal done, Rick. Let's, right. let's do this. <laughs> and then the other one was, I was on vacation, and I, it was before, I don't think it was before smartphones, but it was when I went off my smartphone binges. And I just go back to a regular phone, mm-hmm. but I came home and I saw my PayPal account for like a three day weekend. I had like ten grand in it. Wow! I was like, whoa. <laughs> those are those are very good moments. Yeah. I like those. What about you, Joe? Ours are you, Joe? very different. Well, of course. <laughs> you were, and keep in mind, Scott was primarily dealing with like obviously indie yeah. music, which there it's a little more lucrative than the HXC world. Yes. So, Joey, what what would be your if you have a defining moment? I guess it, it kind of took it, not to the next level, but it was kind of like, a, oh my, like, this is kind of real uh, when we did the Bane 7 Inch. Because mm-hmm. before then, you know, it had been like friends' bands or like random bands, but like, you know, Bane was a band that I'd looked up to since I was 18, I think. Yeah. Um, so to be able to 
put out a record by one of your favorite bands. Of it like legitimized the label to kind you. Of, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, this is maybe something real, even though it's still, you know, just a little hardcore label, but it was cool. Right. Yeah. No, I can understand that. I'm sure the that new, was, I'm sure the new well, yeah, Glory Seven. Inch. Found, I mean, yeah, Newfound Glory Seven is pretty cool too. Right. Um, Nothing to do. You have any that. aspirations of taking it to the next level? I don't know if there's a next level. Someone wants to give me a lot of money. If Rick Rubin called me. Is that what it takes? No. If it can get there, I'll go there. <laughs> if it can go go to whatever the next level is, then let's do it. But only time will tell. Sure. But you're real you're you have realistic expectations for the label? Yeah. I know it's you know primarily a hardcore label and Sure. Um but it's fun. Okay. You know, we get to release cool records by cool bands. It's true. My work was next to an Epitaph logo now. You get, you get to roll around in your cocaine-fueled bed. Yeah, my, I mean, it's literally a pile of cocaine. It's very nice to sleep on. Still straight edge, though. I sleep with nose what, plugs. And, uh, there's one other person here that ran an independent record label. Yeah, let's talk, well, about, let's talk about Here We Are Records. We can talk about Here We Are Records, a very successful label. Releasing two seminal records of our time. Releasing the Taken Demo. Releasing Taken's first 7-inch, and then the end of the label was the Palpatine 7-inch. Palpatine. 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 Like Emperor Palpatine in uh, in the Star he Wars. No, I know. I recently bought Star Wars so I know. you could watch them for the first time. Scott's never watched Star Wars for those keeping score at home. Uh, yeah, that 7-inch that just uh, got out of control. I spent too much money on Because, again, like you were saying, the wet behind the ears, I was kind of like, I just loved this band, and I didn't want to say no to them in any way, shape, or form. And they yeah. were like, oh, yeah, let's do full color. Like, you know, and this is when we were printing through, I mean, anybody, you know, like a fucking Kinko's. And they were like, oh, yeah, that'll be $400,000. Obviously, it wasn't that. $400,000? I know. I went a little crazy. But, uh, whoa. Uh, yeah, so they, uh, and, you know, spending money on recording and doing stuff that, like, a label does much later in the future rather than yeah. its incubation stage. Yeah. So, yeah. And I ha- I was going to put out the uh, Bleeding Through uh, demo and potentially full length next. And so yeah, I had hopes. But then once that happened, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Was that the beef with Brandon? No, no, there was that. no beef. The, yeah, he was mad that I didn't put out their demo. Yeah. No, no, not at all. I, I, me and Nick Beard recorded the demo, though, in Troy Bourne's bedroom. Brandon did vocals in a closet, and we threw pillows at him to get him motivated. Uh, Ray, I do have a question for you regarding uh, that band you were in. Please. What were they called, Scott? Katona? Tican? I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. Like, stolen. I don't know. Anyways. Had a, you know... A, a nice little run. Yep. Um, ups and downs. Completely. Was there a moment for you, like, you know, a question we ask a lot of the guests, where you were just kind of like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, it was definitely once we had, <clears throat> once it was like, because, you know, we essentially just kind of toured during the summer and when we had, like, breaks from school and stuff. And so when it got to a point where basically, like, every summer was, like, we were gone. The entire, it was like, how do we do that? And like, we were able to tour for, you know, three months or three or four months out of the year. Uh, and we all obviously still had like full-time jobs and, you know, did normal life shit. Shout out to Blockbuster. Yeah, shout out to Blockbuster. Um, 
And so I think once it was like, you know, once we filled up those summers, like those two summers in a row, like where we toured with, you know, one summer was like Alexis on fire between the buried and me, it dies today. And then we did like darkest tower and curl up and die. And, um, like once we started to do those type of tours and like all the ones we did with this day forward, even though it was like, obviously on such a small scale, like, you know, the fact that this band from your little band was able to. Yeah, because, I mean, we since we never, I mean, as you well know, it's like we never really fit in with the Orange County scene, so it wasn't like we could be like, yo, throw down, look, let's go on the road. It's like they already had their built-in tours because they were already friends with everybody, and they want to tour with their best friends rather than just people they're acquaintances with. Um, and so, yeah, so it was just kind of cool for us to, once we were able to spread our wings and be like, oh, and it was especially evident when we would go through a place twice the same summer, like, you know, a month and a half apart, which, you know, bands don't do anymore. Like, but we just did it as a victim of like, whatever, like, we don't know, like, let's play this market again. That did that. We didn't have that conversation. So it was especially evident when like we would go through again and there'd be, you know, 20 more people would show up and it was like specifically for us. And it was like, Oh, I mean, like I've always said, the people that got taken, like got it. Like I am under no illusions that we obviously were never a big band, but like, the people that got it really got it and the people that, you know, didn't hear about it. And that's obviously fine. And no one understood it, but you, you were, no one was ever like on the fence about taken. It was like either fucking love it or you fucking hated it. And that I, I, I was proud of having that polarizing response with people. Cause otherwise you just kind of, you know, tepid reacts like, Oh yeah, I'm kind of into that band. It's like, that isn't, yeah. it's vanilla. It doesn't even mean anything. Which actually leads me um, into my next question. Scott, how much money did you lose on the taken 10 inch? Uh, I don't know. A little bit. I mean, it didn't kill you. No. Yeah. No. But it, it didn't kill it. It may have killed some part of Scott's business, but it blossomed a friendship. Yeah. I'm about even. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can I still put out the, what record, what taken records are not on vinyl? Uh, the first... EP is not on vinyl. Oh, can I, I put know. it out on vinyl? Yeah, you can. I've always been looking for someone to put it out on vinyl. So if anyone's interested. I've been thinking about reigniting my label. I, I was actually. Scott, do you want to join join teams? <laughs> no. I, Scott. I was going to ask you if there are components that you miss of like, since you are still heavily involved with music by helping Joey out with his, a lot of his design stuff, helping out uh, No Sleep Records with design stuff. Like, do you miss certain aspects of like the label game? Yeah, I'm a big, I'm very organized as a person. And I think that the kind of scheduling and setting records up, I really like doing that. And I think I can do it a lot better now. Yeah, you're older, wiser. You've <laughs> older, it, wiser. You've, you've done it on two days turnaround time for reggaeton records? Yeah. Scott, I'll draft up the contracts to get you a subsidiary for 6131. Okay. You're welcome. That'd be a good imprint. Okay. It's, it would especially make sense sonically. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> No, but if I had like a bunch of disposable money, I don't even know what it would cost. I'd love, I'd love to do like a local band's record every two months mm-hmm. and just write it off as a loss. Yeah, just just as the fun aspect of like yeah. getting it all set up and yeah, out and like do it for a year and see if there was any like momentum. Sure. Maybe maybe twenty twelve will be my year. It could be, dude. You're working really hard, freelancing your butt off. Yeah, anyone needs programming work iPhone apps. Email me. Facebook S apps. At scottarnold.org. Yes. I'll get back to you quickly. R- rapidly. Look, I just got an email. I wonder if that's someone. Uh, uh, well, fortunately, we're not live casting oh. this. Oh. Um, I guess something to... Uh, Wait. 
I was going to wrap things up. But I'm not done. Okay, what is it? Ray, you, the your professional career outside yes. of Blockbuster yes. started in the music industry. Yes. You're now almost an outsider to the... Not an outsider. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I work around the industry as opposed to in it. Do you miss the, no. the industry? No. No. I mean, because I'm still involved with it as far as... Like caring about stuff, uh-huh. you know, I pay attention to it still. Like, do I get the most, you know, am I on the first line of information for knowing like the latest tours? No, I'm on like the second or third, which doesn't even bother me. Yeah. Um, it's like I'm still talking to managers about that type of stuff, but I'm just not the one like setting up those, like, you know, putting the things originally in motion. Yeah. And I don't miss that. There's, Obviously, there's a lot of baggage with running a label. I mean, and I, since I never obviously like ran a label like you guys, I just did the label work. Yeah. That was obviously it wasn't rewarding from that sense where it's, I wasn't seeing any, you know, financial gain from how well our records did. So right. it's like, you know, if a band I signed to Century Media, you know, blew up and sold, you know, 100,000 records, I wasn't seeing anything off of that. So no? it wasn't, no. And our guys get a point or two. Some labels, that was more. What, did they do that six one three one? Yeah, yeah. A and R department gets. A point. Yeah, I know. They get a they get a kickback. Yeah, yeah the, I, get a, I get an extra point. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry keeps more. Um, more the pressing. They get thirteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> Joey gets more free records. Um. So yeah, no. I simple answer is no. I don't. I don't really miss it because I'm still involved. If it was like all of a sudden I switched to a job that was like the only participation I had with music was like interacting with news sites. Yeah. Then, then I probably would miss it. Cause I just don't see my life going any other way besides working with music. Is there any business record label or not? You would take a chance and kind of take ownership of and start your own thing. Like, I know you're very risk averse, right? You like the, you like working for someone else and having a consistent page. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if, so if I, if do you ever see yourself stepping out from that and doing your own thing? No, I don't really. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, as much as I enjoy the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, I can never say that word, right? Entrepreneurial. Thank you. Uh, As much as I enjoy that spirit, I definitely like the collaborative nature in work. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like to be just by myself doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, kind of starting something on my own just doesn't, I don't know, just doesn't sound that appealing. I mean, starting something on our own, like this podcast, like, that's exciting because I'm doing it with, you know, two of my closest friends. You know, helping, I know it's okay, Scott. I made you cry before is this you can, cried. Say, is this is Scott actually going to cry? <laughs> but I, I have no desire to be like, yes, I'm going to do this on my own and find bands. And it's just, I don't know, it doesn't sound that appealing. Yeah. I mean, if someone, like you said, if someone... You had disposable income, then yeah, so be it. I, you know, I'd probably be. I have the knowledge. You don't, you to do don't it. have that anymore. No, I don't. You're a child. Just, it goes in diapers and formula. That would kill me. Yeah, no, it you doesn't. Get to keep it. That's okay. Diapers aren't that expensive. But uh, yeah, no. Just let them roam free. Yeah. Hey, Put them in the backyard. Poops on the floor. <laughs> Kate Ray pooped on the floor again. <laughs> Why don't you guys put diapers on your kid? It's too expensive. Doesn't make sense. No. We're uh, anti-plastic. That's true. Well, I use cloth diapers, so. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you wash them? We don't wash them. A diaper service does. Yeah, I know. Fancy. It's actually pretty what, economical. What is the biggest positive surprise and the biggest negative surprise <laughs> from having this child, this being in your life? Um, <clears throat> the 
negative it, honestly the negative is just not being I, I I wish that I had the ability to just be like just hang out you know like be financially independent where it's like I didn't have to worry about working a full-time job to <laughs> working a full-time job or do you want to work do you want to get a paycheck yeah well yeah it's like where I was just wealthy where it's like all I really did was stuff I was interested in and, yeah and just hang out with him that's the only drawback it's like I feel pulled away from him when I'm doing shit that you know I mean of course I enjoy work but you know I rather would just be like you know playing with him and stuff like that and just spending time with him interesting yeah it, and it really is weird because it's like you know obviously it's like he's doing nothing he's only five months old he's not he only like the past month he's been like interacting with you as far as like you walk into a room and he sees you but you you just feel this in like this connection where it's just like you know I just want to be there with you like present yeah um and like maybe, maybe maybe it has to do with the fact that you know it's like my parents were divorced to like four, and so my dad. I mean, I had a father figure, but it wasn't like the most strongest thing in the world. Yeah, he kind of let my mom, my stepfather, let my mom kind of raise me. Yeah, so there could be some of that mm-hmm. playing into it, but um, yeah. So that's a negative. Um, positive is just like I said, just watching him like understand the world and like find his hands, find his feet. There's like shit. You're like, what the f-? like how the fuck has he found he-? anything else yet? Uh, he doesn't, he's not interested in his wiener at all, <laughs> which it's, I know. Give it time. A couple more days. Yeah. The, the moment that I, yeah, because they, obviously they don't cover that shit in baby books. They don't, that they don't, they don't say like, here's the discovery of the penis chapter. I think there's a lot yeah. of a, uh, different schools of thought regarding that. Oh, Oh yeah. Some well, people, yeah. Let him play with it. I'll have a good time. Well, I've told I've told you in many some third world countries in order to uh, stop babies from crying that they, they sometimes masturbate a child. Blech. I know it's disgusting. Whoa, never heard that. And I have no idea like what the age is. Like you're, you're gonna put that into action? No. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, do what you got to do. Shut them up. I know. Um, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Uh, in conclusion. On that note, I know on on the baby masturbatory note. Ugh. I know. I'm sorry. Um, since we're at our 20th episode, let's. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Where do you want? Where do you want to be in 20 more episodes? Yeah, S- sitting at this table. I imagine I'll be around this table, or at Ray's house, or at Ray's house, or sitting on the couch upstairs. Probably a year and a half away. Probably, because we put out an episode every, you know, once every two weeks, roughly. I think the Monarchy Music music Empire will reignite. Okay. Under the umbrella, the 613 umbrella. Okay. And I will be driving a Bentley because of Scott's musical genius that he'll he'll find. Um, Hopefully don't have to work as much. Okay. Yeah, see, where where will I be? So that's, how, how, time-wise? Two and a half year old. Okay, yeah. Oh, shit, that's crazy. No. Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he'll be doing then, but he'll be reacting more. He'll be. He'll probably be talking by then. Maybe he'll be a future guest. Cool. I don't know. Joey's probably gonna have more tattoos, more Blu-rays. He doesn't have tattoos. Remember, my mom doesn't listen to this. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's insane to me. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you where do you want to be in twenty more episodes, Joey? Joe, <laughs> Joey has no opinion. I'm very complacent. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully you've got to know us a little better. If you have any questions, you can tweet at us. Scott is at Scott Arnold. 
Joey is at Joey Cahill. With a C. Yes, C. And then I am at X Purpose X. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace.